Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? Good morning, Adam. Great. What a football game last night. What a football game indeed. I, I will be the first to confess that I am absolutely exhausted. We went from, I completely forgot that we had the Bachelorette on last night as well. So I ended up having to watch the football game, then having to watch the Bachelorette. Then this morning, waking up and laying in bed, I actually went on NFL Game Pass and watched the game back over again, the condensed 40-minute version or whatever it was. And all I wanted to see was the fourth quarter. That, that was just it. That was the, yep. the peak of that game. It, it was unbelievable. And I guess this is like a nice transition going into uh, the Monday night football uh, review before we get into waivers. I, I mean, this was a statement game, I think, by both teams. I think the Ravens proved that, you know, they can run the ball at least somewhat efficiently. And if they do that, they can win games given the effect that their offense just sort of has. And Lamar Jackson was he, – he looked like MVP Lamar Jackson last night. And, uh, you know, yeah, you, you, definitely. you just left – you, you were left scratching your head and just saying, you know, where was this guy all year? You know, he still had his issues throwing the ball, but he he looked like peak Lamar. And, you know, it was it's good to see, especially for anybody that started him and needed a little bit of, a little bit of help. Uh, you, you got it. You got it. And I think that probably pushed you over the top. I think anybody of name value that you started in that game last night whether it was Mark Andrews, whether it was Lamar Jackson, whether it was Nick Chubb, whether it was Kareem Hunt. Even Hollywood Brown. Yeah, even Hollywood. Even Hollywood, if you, if you did end up starting them, they gave you some really, really nice nights. And I could only hope that it was enough to put you over if you needed a Monday Night Miracle. And if you were down 40, 50 points, you know, seeing now you're only down 16, it kind of makes you say to yourself, well, what happens if I start this guy or this guy or this guy or this guy? So, yeah, I mean, there was one team I saw this morning where they lost by three points because of Kareem Hunt went off and the three points were because of Noah Fant. Oof. So if Noah Fant doesn't get sick, odds are he wins that game. And he had Mike Kosicki on his bench. So <sighs> if he, start, he had started Mike Kosicki, it's game over. Game over, he wins. He's in the semifinal. That was the breaks, as they say. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, that's awful. That's awful. I mean, as for, Cle- as for Cleveland, you know, before we get into the actual, you know, fantasy sort of gist of it, I, I, people were talking about this being the biggest game for Cleveland in the last 15 years. And even though they lost? I said the last 20 years. 21 years since they've even, since they've existed yeah i mean like the new browns even, i mean even though they lost though adam did they really take a hit like no. is anybody talking about today saying oh the, the 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 browns are frauds they lost to the baltimore ravens no no this is a very good football team this is a very 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 good football team that really went stride for stride with with baltimore and you know, I listen, I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan in the world. I think that that is pretty apparent based on the way that I talk about him on the podcast. But credit where credit is due, Baker Mayfield has been balling out 
the last couple of weeks when Cleveland has absolutely needed him to. And the pick he threw to Tyus Bowser was terrible. That was the Baker Mayfield that I don't like. But then Baker Mayfield just getting the troops together and saying, all right, let's go. And really putting, making a run at it. You know, fair, fair play. Fair play to, to Baker. You know, because that, uh, that was a very, very impressive performance. And now you really have a decision to make if you're through and you have someone like Baker Mayfield on waiver wire, do you pick him up, potentially start him Sunday night against the Giants? That's a, a debate that we'll have to have uh, throughout, uh, throughout this week. Well, basically a week from now, six days from now, we're going to have that debate. Well, eh, I mean, later this week, yeah, on Friday. Yeah, Friday. Friday will be so, having a debate. But then you'll pick him up and you'll start him week 16 when he plays the Jets. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you're right, though. This team, this game, also Scorigami, by the way. This game. This was a Scorigami. Yeah. Love that. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yep. First time. I mean, it would it would have been just a normal 45-42 uh, game, but, you know, the Browns got to be the Browns in some way. And they just, on the on the lateral, Jarvis Landry just, like, threw – he was like, oh, shit, I don't have anybody to lateral to. He ran out of the back of the end zone. Typical so, Browns. Yeah. Typical uh, Browns. Happens. But, I mean, really, the running game for both teams is amazing, even though the the passing – this is kind of the thing with Lamar Jackson. People weren't so excited about Lamar Jackson as a fantasy quarterback because of his arm, because of how, what he can do with his arm. Mm-hmm. They were excited because he was a solid passer. He was, say, like a, Q, a, a low-end QB1 who can, put, who can get you RB2 numbers or RB1 numbers on some sure. weeks. Sure, that's correct. And that's basically what he did. Again, I think Steve Young actually put this in the best terms that I think I've heard on Monday Night Countdown before the game when he said, and this is a point that's been made a thousand times over, I feel like, when he said that the way that the Ravens' offense is, it almost is unsustainable for them to have any sort of playoff production because all the teams are just so much better. And you're able to – you have to be able to pass the ball in the playoffs. That's just the way the current NFL is. And I think if you look at all the teams in the AFC that will be going to the playoffs, odds are, there is something of a passing offense with each team except for Baltimore. So – Even Miami? You think there's a passing offense with Baltimore? Well, Miami has Tua. Tua can throw a better ball than Lamar Jackson. I'll rephrase that. A more consistent ball. Okay. Is that better? Yes, it is. I mean, it, it, that's just the, the only issue I have with Baltimore. And there was a graphic that I had saw also on Monday Night Countdown where when the Baltimore Ravens are trailing by 10, with Lamar Jackson as their starting quarterback, they are 0-6. When they go down by 10, they don't win. So you're basically needing it – you basically need the running game to take you over the top or you need to keep it close and make sure you're not going down by 10. 
that puts a lot of pressure on the offense to deliver, especially the run game, and then the defense when the run game gets consistently shut down, like we saw in the wild card game last year versus the Titans. Well, divisional game, but yeah. Divisional, thank you. Divisional, yeah, thank you. You're right, you're right, though. Because, I mean, the Ray, like, you know, with Baltimore, exactly what you need to shut down. And it's the running game. If you, you can't, if you try and make Lamar Jackson beat you with his arm, that's just not going to work. No. Because that's just not the kind of person he is in the NFL anyway. Well, Lamar's not beating anybody with his arm. I think it just comes down to, you know, you shut down the run game, you have a chance. But the problem is with the way that the Ravens offense is and the kind of players that they have now in that offense, you know, there's no guarantee that that run game is going to get shut down because we saw it last night. What happened right after half, they come out, and Lamar Jackson just prances down the field. I mean, that's just what this Ravens offense does. And, you know, yep. fair play to them. Um, if we're looking at this, though, from a fantasy perspective, it's interesting because, again, I, I'm not the biggest fan of this super run-heavy approach that the Ravens have. I don't think it is a sustainable form of offense, but – you can't ignore what they have next week with Jacksonville. I mean, Lamar Jackson is going to get people to fantasy championships. Yeah. So you're starting him. You're starting him. Uh, you're probably going to be starting Gus Edwards or J.K. Dobbins. I think Mark Ingram is dead. But I think J.K. Dobbins, you can – Definitely start. Very lucky to have scored last night. Just want to put that out there. Uh, much the same with uh, Gus Edwards getting the two touchdowns. But I mean, if you started Gus Edwards in deep leagues, congratulations because it, it worked out for you. Well, I guess the question that we're going to be having for this is more of a next year thing is that how much, how trustworthy are you in the in the Ravens' pass catching options, knowing how kind of mediocre of a thrower Lamar Jackson is mediocre. Isn't the word I would use. I think it's a little harsh. I would say inconsistent. And I would say that it's a very valid point, Adam, that you, you can't give the Ravens the same boost that you can give someone like Kansas city or someone like, I don't know, name any other high powered offense in Tampa the Bay. national football league, Tampa right. Bay, Tampa Bay. That's a fine example where you can give those kind of players that are associated with that offense a bit of a boost and justify it. You know, if, if you know that you're picking in the tail, the back end of the first, second round, and you take Travis Kelsey seven, eight picks higher than his ADP probably would suggest, you could back it up and just say, well, I wanted someone from the Kansas City Chiefs offense. You know, granted, you are taking a tight end the first, back of the first or second round. But it's but Travis Kelsey. It's Travis Kelsey. He's putting right. he's giving you wide receiver one numbers. Right. So for me, you can make that case. But now you now take that same exact philosophy slash frame of thinking. What justification do you have in saying that with the Baltimore Ravens? Let's let's just say it's a guy like Mark Andrews. 
who relies on Lamar Jackson being able to get him the football. What's the justification in that? Let's say, let's say next year he goes in as a fourth-round pick. What happens if you take him top of the third? Tight end uh, premium. Tight end premium. I understand that. Uh, you want a top tier tight end. I mean, I can tell you right now, Mark Andrews is going to be. It's going to be very tough to rank him inside my top four or five. He probably will be in there, but I I won't take him over Kelsey. I won't take him over Darren Waller, and I probably wouldn't take him over Kittle. So yeah. right then and there, that he's a number four tight end, and then you need to start looking at someone like a TJ Hawkinson, who's had an unbelievable end to the season. Where you, Are we Eric putting Ebron? TJ Hawkinson as a top five tight end next year? Eric Ebron, I think the problem with him is there's too many questions right now about whether or not Big Ben is going to be there next year, what that offense is going to look like. I can tell you, if, if Juju Smith-Schuster does move on, and he's out of Pittsburgh, and you're looking at an offense that's, you know, the two receivers there are Claypool and Deontay Johnson, they become a whole lot of targets that are available for someone like Ebron, where I think, you know, you could talk about him being somebody that could may have an impact for, for fantasy. That's for next year. But, you know, for this year, go back to the Cleveland Browns. Baker would be a fine play next week, and I won't have him as a QB1 but as like a top 15 option, you could start him. I won't be too upset with you. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, what else is there to say at this point? Not much, you're, frankly. You're, you're starting them. The only, the only place that I really saw Kareem Hunt got, got sat was in a league where the guy had already won and pulled Kareem Hunt just to be safe. Well, yeah. Which, I mean, that, that's understandable. Yeah. Pulled him to be safe, took his seven-point win, and said, I'm good. And that's fine. That's fine. He could have won by could have won by 35, 36 points, but it's fine. Is what it is. Um, the receivers. Mm, are we really going to go ahead and just go jump on this sinking ship that I feel like we all are kind of on with Jarvis Landry? where he comes out, has great games against two terrible pass defenses, and then puts up a solid, if not unspectacular, line against a Baltimore defense in a very, very, very good game script for him. I don't – again, it's, it's this whole Jarvis Landry thing that I just don't quite frankly understand. Rashard Higgins, on the other hand – that is one that I can definitely 1,000% get behind. I think that Well, good call, Bird, won. on that. Thank you very much. I think that this is one that if you look at the matchups that he has with the Giants and the Jets, this is the kind of player that can win you fantasy championships, someone that's hot, someone that has a clear connection with the quarterback right now, and this is someone that I would be targeting every single place that I can get him Yes, he will be discussed at nauseum on this waiver episode today, but he has a great schedule the rest of the way. Like I said, Sunday night versus the Giants, you know, Baker Mayfield's going to want to ball out, and Rashard Higgins, I believe, will want to be able to continue his hot performance on a national stage. And then, of course, against the Jets in, in week 16, the usage is there, the performances are there, the touchdowns are there. 
it's a perfect concoction as a guy that pops off in fantasy playoffs and is a uh, you know a little lightning in the bottle and ends up winning people fantasy championships. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, it's kind of funny how we've just kind of flip flopped on Jarvis Landry this entire this entire season. We and we you me when I was never sold on Jarvis Landry. No, well, I mean, I think last week or two weeks ago, you were like, "Well, Adam, maybe you were right about Jarvis Landry." Maybe, maybe you were right. <laughs> Maybe you were right. I have never believed in Jarvis Landry. Okay. Not this year. Not this year, no. Well, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like if, say, somebody like Odo Beckham Jr., like what, what he's going to look like coming back next year, if he's going to be like, – I don't think he is back next year. If he's a ca- that, casualty or something. I think they trade him. Or trade him. I think, they, I think they trade him. I think they can get anything that they possibly can for him. They do it. If you want to come back to MetLife Stadium, there's a locker the room. Yeah. <laughs> you would want Odell Beckham. Not really, no. young rookie quarterback. No, not really. No. It would be a bad influence. I was about to say. I was about to say, Adam, are you out of your mind? I'd rather have Allen Robinson. And you wouldn't have to give up anything to get him. Well, Allen Robinson is just a – he's an incredible man. He's an incredible man that is just – fuck Juju. Did you see what Josh Allen said? Or Corey Davis. <sighs> Corey Davis. One of the best receivers in the National Football League, Corey Davis. Did you see what Josh Allen said? Was that about do you, the thing that you said about the Steelers dancing on the Bills logo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved it. I fucking loved it. Yeah. I hope, Adam. Listen closely. Listen very, very closely. If the Buffalo Bills... Potentially make it to an AFC championship game Ugh. and win and go to the Super Bowl. Ugh. I would love it. I would be the biggest Bills fan. I would embrace my other calling in life, which was going to be being a Bills fan. It's for nothing, Nick Folk. I'm looking right now. This is, of course, podcasting, and we are in the middle of said podcast, so I would never cause a disruption. But I am looking right now in my closet at my O.J. Simpson jersey that I have as Buffalo Bills. That will be worn Super Bowl week every day on this podcast if the Bills make it to the Super Bowl. You think the Bills are going to make it past either the Titans or the, or the Chiefs? I think the they could beat the Titans. I think they could beat the Titans. The Titans don't impress me. The Titans don't impress me. Their defense is bad. Or Cleveland. They can beat Cleveland. Yeah, they can beat Cleveland. The real interesting one would be KC. Because now they would, odds are, have to go to Arrowhead. Which, yeah, I don't know. Well, it was a close one. game last time they played. It was a Daniel Swanson. That was in that Buffalo, was yes. New yeah, it was at New Era Field. Actually, it's Buffalo. It's Bill Stadium. Now. It's Bill Stadium now. They changed it again. Yeah. Well, there's no sponsorship anymore. Oh, okay. Okay. I did not know that. Yes. Because I am not up to date with my uh, my stadiums. Forgive me. The, the stadium guy on the podcast, Mr. Adam Caster. 
my name is Seth Caster. I have very sometimes I think from Hofstra University. I am a radio professional, and I have lots, lots of knowledge when it comes to NFL stadiums and their names. And I'm sometimes, a winning journalist. Sometimes I think I have too much time on my hands, and then whenever you make fun of me like that, I I'm reaffirmed I have too much time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, this is what I'm here for. This is what we go to therapy for. We go to therapy. Among other things. So they realize their problems. Yeah. I'm glad it's working for one of us. <laughs> Which one of us? Listen to, listen to the end of the episode to find out. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so uh, let's go into these waivers, shall we? Let's do it. It's a very important season. Very important waiver season. Let... Hey, Adam. Yeah. You hear that? The sound of my we new have, front door being put in? Oh. No, not that. We have closed the book on week 14. After yes. concluding our Monday night discussion, we now open the page to semifinals week. Let's do it. I love this visual metaphor that you're, uh, that you're spinning here. Well, Adam, I am a radio professional. It is my job to make sure that the listener now has a clear visualization of the situation at hand. We are now talking about semifinals. We're not talking about quarterfinals. No, 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 no. Quarterfinals, that, 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 that's for chumps. You get there, you're expected to win. Now this is where the men play. We've, got, we've gotten rid of the boys. The boys are dead and buried in week 14. Those were the pretenders. Now we're here. This is where the contenders, this is where the men and the women come to play. Well, thank you for that. You are. Uh, yes. So as far as quarterbacks are concerned, uh, let's talk, let me play the game that I play every week is guess which quarterbacks or which players are on your top three for waivers. This is a great game. I, I, I know you thoroughly enjoy this game. It depends. Um, I'm going to guess Trubisky as one of them, Philip Rivers as another, and hmm, who else? Jalen Hurts? You got two of the three. All right. Would you like to hear them? Yes, obviously. So my number three quarterback of the week, it is, of course, Mr. Baker Mayfield the aforementioned Baker Mayfield going up against the New York Giants owned in 28.9%. I was going to oh. guess Baker Mayfield actually, but, I, well, you but when you said, Oh, I'm not crazy about him necessarily. I was like, Oh, he's probably not going to be, he's probably going to be just on the outside. Well, the um, problem is the problem is, is that there's really nobody else that, you know, if you're looking to stream falls within, the threshold. Available, within the available framework that we have, yes, that there's really nobody else that you would start this week. It's Baker, the number two. It is uh, Mitchell Trubisky going to Minnesota and taking on the Vikings. My God, that is going to be such a good matchup for Allen Robinson. Holy shit. And then then number one, it is, of course, Jalen Hurts going to Arizona and taking on the Cardinals. He's going to be a very, very, very popular waiver ad this week. And then, you know, it's worth mentioning Philip Rivers at home versus the Texans. Um, 
you know, for guys like Jonathan Taylor, uh, Naeem Hines, T.Y. Hilton, that this has got just got boom written all over it. And well, that, uh, you know, again, yeah, you know, credit where credit is due for Philip Rivers, Adam. Since week ten, he's been around sixteen or better, sixteen points or better. So it's hard to ignore. Well, here's the thing. Also, um, two weeks ago, when the Colts traveled to Houston, he had 18.8 fantasy points. Yeah, the game was a shootout, as well. It was. It was. I think this this is sort of the same sort of vibe here, and it'll be interesting. I think the the Texans are going to be better off if um, if Brandon Cooks is back here, if you know you have T. Y. Hilton. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, the, you've got to start them. You've you've got to start them because they are going to be really, really great plays. And I know there's one team going up against this week that is Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, and T.Y. Hilton, and I'm just shitting my pants because I just know it just screams, at least on paper, 200-point week, and I'm just dead and buried. Well, hopefully for your sake, that's not the case. But you know, yep, I, hope, I hope they all stub their toe in the shower. In the shower. Yep. And fall. And hit their funny bone. Well, then they'd only be out for like a combined like three plays. I mean, well, not if they do it the morning of the game. Yeah, that's true. And the shower's made of turf, and they stub their toe and get turf toe. This is getting very oddly specific. It I'm is just... craft. It is crafting the situation at hand. Yeah. Bottom line: Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, T.Y. Hilton, Jonathan Taylor. Don't stick it in me, please. Anyway, not that Adam, you sicko. I was, see, I was going to say, speaking of painful visual metaphors, but I wasn't even going to go there. Not but you, that, you sicko. Stick a fork in me. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're sickening. Oh, and my I'm God. The, I'm the one that needs therapy. Phrasing. I, all I'm going to say. No, not phrasing. All I'm going to say is phrasing. Not phrasing. Please. Everybody who listens to this podcast is of the right sensible mind where I was not talking about a body part. I was talking about a utensil. All right, whatever. Because the saying goes, stick, stick a, fork a fork in, in me. Yes. yes. Or I don't know why you didn't just finish it. Finish the saying. Well, because right-minded individuals knew what I was referring to. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you are not right-minded. So good, good here cover. we go. For if, we're, if we're keeping tally here, we're at Adam, two points for needing more therapy. And... Bird with no points for needing more therapy. I think therapy has reformed me. It's glad to see it's worked for one of us. Anyway, let's talk about the running backs, shall we? See, Adam is looking to move on from talking about the problems that are at hand. Go ahead, Adam, please. Well, I think we're done with this discussion. See, see, this is my point. You are proving my point. We've covered please, all we need look, to cover. Let's continue. Uh, there you go. There you go. Looking to move on from discussing the problems at hand. Please continue. Okay. Uh, this is me conforming. This is me giving you what you would like to do. For well, the sake of your comfort and security. Yes. So for the running backs, thankfully people listened to you and picked up Cam Akers. He's owned in 66.1% of leagues. I'm a genius. What can I say? Well, it's either that or it's the big game that he had uh, against New England. But I mean, I'm you could feel. I, call, you I felt this a month ago, Adam. You felt this game coming that he had. Um, I wouldn't say that I felt it. I wouldn't say that I felt 29 carries. I'd be lying if I said that I did. 
I'm saying a breakout performance. A big-time breakout performance where he completely out-touches Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown? Yes. Yes. That, that I knew was coming. And it was just a matter of when. And we finally, finally got it. Oh, Cam Akers, I love you. Thank you for making me feel so smart. Forever in debt. Yes. So this is going to be a bit harder for me to guess. Uh, your, your running backs. Oh, boy. Have a go. Um, I'm going to guess a lot of the usual suspects are no longer available to, uh, to guess, which is kind of annoying. I'm going to guess somebody like Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. Um, on Johnson, because I know how much you love on Johnson. He's my son. Yes. What father doesn't love a son? And Peyton Barber. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. See, by the way you said that, I know that I didn't get any of them right. Very interesting. You did get one. You did get one. It's Peyton Barber. I figured. You can get that one. He is my, uh, he's my number one ad for the week, believe it or not. Yep. Going to uh, – or hosting the, the Seahawks. So he's my number one. My number three ad of the week is Gus Edwards going – or hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. My number two waiver wire ad of the week is Jeff Wilson Jr. of the San Francisco 49ers. And then number one is Peyton Barber. All right, cool. So I just feel like – yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just because just I saw his name, uh, one interesting thing of note is that, I mean, it doesn't really matter because it, it matters for keeper leagues, really. Uh, is that LaMichael Piran might be coming off of IR for the Jets. Okay. So. That kills Ty Johnson. Yeah. But he didn't have any value in me to begin with. I think they said he's um, returning to practice. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, thank and that was yesterday that they said that. So I think Jeff Wilson Jr. has some value. I mean, Raheem Mostert still outsnapped him. But when it came down to the rough and tumble carries in and around the goal line, Jeff Wilson did get those carries. So if you're looking for a boomer bust touchdown flex, Jeff Wilson can, can, really, uh, can really be that guy. There isn't that one particular guy I feel like on waivers this week that is a huge go get him. Like I said, I felt like that guy was Cam Akers. I feel like if, if he was on your waiver wire and you missed him, then you missed your golden ticket. But I've only been saying that now for, what, a month? You had your chance, basically. You had your chance. You heard it from me every week. Go pick up Cam Akers. Go pick up Cam Akers. Go pick up Cam Akers. You did it? Congratulations. You're probably going to win a fantasy championship. Odds are. If you didn't, then you're in a really, really tough spot. Because now, if you're looking for a waiver fill-in, let's just say you're looking at Ezekiel Elliott and you're saying, shit, he's, going, he's playing San Francisco – I want no part of that. Well, I don't know what you have on your bench. I don't know what's on your waiver wire. If you're in like a 10-man league and maybe Cam Akers is just sitting on waiver wire, blow your fab. Blow it. If you have $120 worth of fab left, put 100 on Cam Akers. Go get him. Yeah. I mean, if you have – also – because Pey- Peyton Barber is owned in less, in almost half as many leagues as Cam Akers is. 
So you could pick it. You could yeah. try to pick him up also. Yeah, and he has a fantastic matchup. Granted, I will say this: I would feel more comfortable with Peyton Barber if Alex Smith is the quarterback than if it's Dwayne Haskins, because the Redskins, excuse me, the Washington football team, let the R word slip. Terrible, terrible man. I need to go, I need to go back to therapy. Yeah, need, I'm, I'm adjusting the scoreboard. It's two one. Yes, two one. Uh, it happens. Freudian slip. Freudian slip. It happens. I'm not used to it yet. I'm, just, I'm still calling them the Cleveland I words. Terrible, terrible. The excuse me. I'm, I'm just bringing over my uh, my friend for uh, for for Adam to see. This is it's terrible very podcasting. Nice. Uh, yeah. This is terrible podcasting. I know, but because I am an Indian at heart, uh, we do. I do have my uh, my Indian head right next to me. So I am uh, clearly showing it off to the camera. I'll be holding my Indian head for, uh, for, for this segment. When we're talking about the Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington R-Words, they are a top 10 offense with Alex Smith under center. They have improved drastically. With anybody else, they are a bottom five offense, whether it was Kyle Allen, whether it was uh, Dwayne Haskins, they are a bottom five offense with anybody else. So if it is Alex Smith, there is a lot to love about this matchup with Seattle. I mean, especially given how hot Washington is right now. Yeah, if I it's mean, Dwayne Haskins. Well, also, it's like Taysom Hill, where Dwayne Haskins doesn't like to run the ball. He's just going to run the ball himself. Taysom Hill, it's like Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. Where yes. Dwayne Haskins is gonna just gonna run himself, and instead of looking for the dump off that might be good for Antonio Gibson or Pate Barber or J.D. McKissick's value, where they were able to get those dump offs. But That's if it's Dwayne Haskins, a guy that is assuredly not a pocket passer, it's it's just not gonna happen. He's not gonna be looking that way, in the same way that Alex Smith would be. Precisely. Great career resurgence for resurgence for Alex Smith. It's like he has a bionic leg. Hey, it's it's really good for him. Really, really good for him, given all that he's gone through. Yeah. All right, we're saying goodbye to uh, to the Indian head. The Indian head has uh, spent his time in the sun. My friend, as maybe Adam would say to you, Shabbat Shalom. Bird, it's Tuesday. <laughs> what's wrong with Tuesday? It's not Shabbat. That's what's wrong with Tuesday. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. What, what is Shabbat? Please, please give me some culture. You know what Shabbat is? No, please, please give me some culture. The Sabbath, the day of the rest, the day of rest. Oh, it'll be Saturday. Yeah. Well, Friday oh. night, Friday, Friday night at sundown, it's Saturday. Yes. Mm, okay. I see. I see. So then Shabbat Shalom is only appropriate on Saturday. Yes. Or Friday night. <sighs> Aha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. See, I'm... I'm I'm wanting to learn more about the, uh, the, the, the Hebrew culture. Well, I appreciate that. This is take, I'm taking that one point away because I am being oh my God. more culturally accepting. What is this, Harry Potter? Podcast. It's rigged. Yes, absolutely. Oh, the therapist just called me. He said take away five points. Ooh, okay. So we're at Adam with two and Bert with negative four points. This is Harry Potter. Bullshit calls out of out of the ass. <laughs> What's that? Adam Salty? Ooh, that's another point for Adam. That's three points for Adam. I think, I think we, we should, should go back to therapy. 
I think uh, we should have had an independent adjudicator oversee this this whole thing. Frankly. Adam, Adam, question, questioning the therapist's integrity. The therapist. This is a this is a big point upgrade right now. A hundred points for Adam, and negative ninety seven points for Bird. You know, Bird. Sometimes they say that some therapists are actually on the wrong side, are sitting in the wrong chair. Do they say that? They do. <laughs> oh. Okay. So I've had a request from the therapist. He wants my points changed from negative 97 to negative 69. Nice. Only confirming my theory. <laughs> anyway. Adam needs therapy? Okay. Adam, you need therapy. Okay. Fine. It was There's a specific other. number the therapist requested. He wanted Listen, 69 to be more. Whatever. I mean – there's a there's no shame in get, in getting therapy. There should be not. there should be no shame in getting therapy. Absolutely not. But when we're talking about you versus I, who was the problem the problem host in this duo, we know who needs therapy more. Well, I mean, what you're doing is just furthering the uh, the stigma against therapy, and you know the bad luck that therapy. How can you say that? You sound the oh you're you're perfect. You're not the problem host. We're, we're in this together. This is it. We're a team. This is a team effort. Adam, you're talking to somebody who goes to therapy every week. Literally. I do too. Not every week, but every two weeks. Every week. So there's no stigma here. Regardless. Let's go back to football. And uh, we, we're moving on to the wide receivers here. And this is another tough week, I feel like. Because a lot of the receivers that we've been talking about have been, shall we say, above the threshold. And a lot of the receivers that we're talking about are above the threshold. And there are a couple that are worth monitoring. Um, This is going to be a tough guess for me. I think probably somebody like Nelson Aguilar, somebody like Jalen Rieger, and Tim Patrick. Nope, you didn't get any of them. Yeah, I didn't think so. Number three, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Green Bay Packers. Number two, Gabriel Davis, the Buffalo Bills. And number one, Russell Gage of the Atlanta Falcons. There you go. All right. Very well, the, simple. The, well, the three I mentioned, I think that, uh, do you think they're still worth worth adding or worth looking at? Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. They're just not on the not in the top three. No, no. I mean, you you can go pick them up, but I just think when you look at MVS and his matchup with Carolina, that's just super. You could Gabriel Davis, who scored th- in the last two weeks, three of the last four. That's a fantastic matchup for him, and his production speaks volumes. And again, we've talked about Gabriel Davis. I feel like at nauseum. And then with Russell Gage, if there's no Julio, he has a pathway to more production. So uh, Russell Gage for me, if you're looking for a receiver that you can plug and play, I would say maybe right away if Julio is out again, Russell Gage is uh, – he, he could be the guy there. Interesting, interesting thing about uh, Russell Gage, in three of the past four weeks – he has had double-digit fantasy points. 
He had 12 points, 12.8 points against New Orleans. Only had 6.4 against uh, the Raiders. Uh, he had 15.1 points home against New Orleans and then 18.2 points in Los Angeles. And that, yeah. And those are, those are after the bye. So he's definitely had an up and down season, which is why his fantasy ownership is at 15%. Because basically before the bye, it was kind of the first two weeks were really, really good. And then it just kind of fell off a cliff where he's had like single digit or low double digit uh, fantasy points. But after the bye, he's looked really, really good. Yeah, he's, he's, gonna, he's, yeah. he's looked good. And he's in a matchup where against Tampa Bay where they should be putting up points because Atlanta, it should be a negative game script for the Atlanta offense in general, and they should be throwing the ball a whole hell of a lot, which is good, obviously, for Russell Gage. Right. Especially if Russell Gage gets to throw the ball as well. Right. Because, yeah, well. Anyway, uh, tight ends. Another scenario where it's tough. Unfortunately, one of the players that I think you probably would, that we were talking about yesterday that's kind of tough when who's kind of on the right on the outside of the uh, top, top tight ends is like Jared cook. Who's gotten a lot of looks. He's just uh, above the uh, threshold of 50, 50.7% uh, ownership. But uh, I don't even know who you could be uh, picking here. Maybe somebody like Jordan Reed. I know you like Trey Burton a fair amount as well. And one of the Vikings tight ends, I'm going to guess. You got one of the Vikings. Dalton Schultz is number three for me on the list. Cole Komet is number two. Irv Smith is number one. All right. And, I mean, if you're now down Kasicki, if you have questions about Evan Ingram or someone like Eric Ebron or maybe Hunter Henry you have issues with or whomever, whomever your tight end is probably going to be if you don't have – one of Hawkinson, Kelsey, Waller, then, you know, you're looking for possible tight end help. I would throw decent amount of money on Irv Smith because he's my number one. I think Komet you could probably get for pretty low dollar amount um, given his seven-target day. That he had, Honestly, but Irv Smith, Smith for me scoring takes takes the cake there because Cole Komet now is fighting with Jimmy Graham, whereas Irv Smith is kind of in a field of his own with uh, no Kyle Rudolph. Right, exactly. Obviously, if Kyle Rudolph returns, then there is a a, a different story that we'll have to be talking about. But if Irv Smith is the guy by himself against Chicago, I would say that. Or Smith probably would be a top 12 option for the week. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, anybody else you want to mention? I mean, other than the guys that you mentioned and, the, and some of the players that, uh, that I mentioned as well. Jordan, Jordan Reed and Dan Arnold have to be talked about. Dan Arnold only in deep, 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 deep leagues. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to the defenses. I mean, the top-ranked defenses are pretty – kind of standard i think you have you know the steelers of course going to going to cincinnati the rams home against the jets the ravens home against jacksonville the dolphins playing new england and the browns going 
to MetLife Stadium to play against the New York Giants. And maybe even the 49ers could be worth uh, something going to, going to Dallas. Where, where does your like, top-ranked defenses line up? Actually, a very easy week for me. Um, you know, if you have the Steelers or the Ravens, congratulations, because they have two very, very good matchups. And congratulations, you've been playing them all year. So you've probably got very good production from either two of those defenses. For me, it's, uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's the Cleveland Browns at number five going up against the New York Giants, especially if Daniel Jones is the guy. Um, he looked completely hopeless against the Cardinals, so that's one that I think I would be all over. Number three, uh, number four, excuse me, is the Baltimore Ravens going or hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two, uh, number three, excuse me, is the Pittsburgh Steelers going to Cincinnati Monday Night Football. Number two is Buffalo going to Denver. And then number one is the LA Rams hosting the New York Jets. All right. Uh, some other defenses that you could look at are the Tennessee Titans, especially, especially if, no, if there's no Matt Stafford and it's Chase Daniel, a quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Uh, you also have somebody like... Mm, other than that, actually, I don't think there really is anybody else like under the threshold. It's not a great week for streaming defenses because all the good matchups are de- are taken by defenses that people already own. I would say the one defense if they're available in your league and they could be, uh, given you know how they are and you know the 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 lack of people really wanting to start them, the Chicago Bears going to Minnesota, taking on the Vikings. The Vikings have allowed double-digit performances from defense from defenses the last three weeks in a row. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised, actually, that the Bills are owned in less than 50% of leagues, the Bills' defense. Yeah. Yeah, that, that should surprise you, and it does, for me at least. Yeah. And uh, so definitely that, that is a good, good shout there to, to pick up the, uh, the Bills. You might get a good uh, performance from your defense on Saturday, Saturday four, at 4.30 uh, treat. So let's uh, preview Thursday Night Football, shall we? And I get, well, I, no, we won't even preview Saturday. No, that's... We'll just do that Friday. Yes. So the Thursday night football game between the uh, Los Angeles Chargers heading to the Death Star to play the Las Vegas Raiders. And as far as injuries are looking for the Chargers, Hunter Henry popped up in the injury report. I think so that's worth monitoring. Certainly he was listed as a non-participant in Monday's practice estimate. Uh, Mike Williams didn't practice as what either. Uh, Keenan Allen didn't practice on Monday, on Monday, and Austin Eckler did not practice on Monday, either. I mean, do you think that those are all maintenance days for these players? Austin Eckler probably. Hunter Henry, I don't think so, because he hasn't been on the injury report at all. Right. So him pop up is a little bit of a concern given the the short week that the uh, the Chargers have. 
Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it, it's definitely worth monitoring uh, Hunter Henry's status heading into heading into Thursday, and also uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen because if one of them goes down, the other one gets <laughs> gets upgraded. Certainly. Uh, there is some breaking news, and I just got a text from a source that popped up on my uh, my laptop here. Uh, Did Adam Gaze McCaff- get fired? Oh. No. Christian McCaffrey is, is going to attempt to give it a go in, uh, in practice today. All right. And, of course, they are also on a short week, given their Saturday matinee with the, uh, with the Packers. So good news for anybody that owns McCaffrey and wants to see him play against Green Bay, which should be a – a boom matchup for whomever the running back for uh, for Carolina is. Yeah. Um, and then for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs was limited in Monday's practice estimate. They're all estimates, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. because uh, yeah, it's all, it's all virtual. All walkthroughs. Yeah. And that's all too. walkthroughs from Monday. So yeah, as far as the starter meter is concerned, are you starting Justin Herbert against this Nine. Raiders defense? Nine. That just fired the defensive coordinator. Yeah, nine. Yeah, great play. Um, Austin Eckler, ten. If he should play, he should play. He should play ten. Uh, his hand, yeah, his handcuffs are healthy though for the first time. I feel like in a while. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to matter all that much. I think Austin Eckler is just—he's a different kind of beast. He sure is. Uh, Keenan Allen, if he plays. Mike Williams. Disappointed me last week. Five. I think, well, if Keenan Allen doesn't play, I think Mike Williams is probably something closer to an eight in my mind. Well, yes, if if Keenan Allen doesn't play, then Mike Williams is an automatic start. But everything that I'm gathering is that Keenan Keenan Allen is going to play. Yeah. Um. It didn't sound at least too serious from what the uh, the Chargers have reported already. Right. Um, any other receivers for the Chargers before we move on to Hunter Henry? No. Okay. So Hunter Henry. <laughs> Seven. And solid, then, play, solid start. Yeah. Top ten. And then for the Raiders, Derek Carr. Six. Josh Jacobs. Six. Not as uh, decisive as usual. No. As a, of a start. So, I mean. No, he definitely is. Um, it's a concern, especially when Josh Jacobs is banged up and you really don't know what this game is going to look like from a Raiders point of view. Because this could be, there, there, there are two scenarios in how this game is going to be. It's either going to be the Chargers completely blow them out or this will be a close enough game where Josh Jacobs does have a role. Uh the Chargers are 12th against running backs. So the matchup at least is nice for, for Jacobs. Yeah. I mean, the matchup's good, but you don't know what – because Josh, Josh Jacobs has been playing hurt almost the entire year. Yeah. And eventually that wears down on somebody, even if they're superhuman like Josh Jacobs is. Yeah, but the Raiders are also in a playoff race, and they know that if they, if they were out of it, this would be Josh Jacobs not playing. But because they are very much in a playoff race, they've got to play their star guy. Yep. Such is life. Well, it's the way, the way, it's the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. Uh, 
Well, with that being said, also, I mean, do you think that Devontae Booker has an increased role? He could. Definitely could. I'm not starting him, but no. he could. I mean, that it's one of those things where like you're not worried you're not worried about him on a, on your fantasy starting lineup. You're just worried about him because he might take away carries from Josh Jacobs. Correct. At that point. Correct. Yeah. Which is why I bring it up. Because <laughs> it's kind of important in that in that sense. Um, he's, he's, he's that little uh, annoying nag for anybody that owns Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Well, that was like uh, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen in 2017, yep. 2018. It was like Tariq Cohen with David Montgomery every year that Tariq Cohen was healthy. And you know, I say every year it was before he tore his ACL and then last year in Montgomery's rookie year. Yeah. And uh, what about the wide receivers? You have Nelson Aguilar, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro. Aguilar's my favorite, but he's only like a six. Desperate flex play. But obviously Darren Waller is the guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a – I don't know if he's a 10, like a perfect boom play. He's like a nine. He's a nine. He's a must-start. Great, great, great play, but I don't know if this is a boom-ish game for Darren Waller where he's posting a 25 or a 30. He could yeah. because he's Darren Waller, but I don't know if this is the, the, the matchup for it. Fair point. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only this, the fantasy show, but also the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the Basement Talk Podcast debate, and also the Quizvitational one more thing before we go. Uh, Raheem Mostert is in doubt to play this week with an ankle injury. Well, that seems like a Friday discussion. Well, I guess we'll leave you with, we'll leave you with this. Jared McKinnon's available on your waiver wire. Go pick him up. Same with Jeff Wilson. Yep. Well, good call on that, Jeff Wilson. When you uh, when you put him on your uh, on your waiver top waiver now, top waiver ads. Now he's more valuable. Yes. Now he is more powerful than ever. All right. All right, Palpatine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll talk to you on Friday, and we'll preview not only Sunday's games, but also the two Saturday matchups between the, uh, between the Packers and the Panthers. And, and the Bills and the Broncos. Yes, right. The Bills and the Broncos. Correct. I did it in reverse, actually, because the Bills and Broncos are first. And then the Packers and the Panthers are the nightcap. That but anyway, shit, that shit show of a game. Yeah. But anyway, we will talk to you then. So for my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor. And we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye. <laughs>